Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, where on tonight's show, we have a defeat to talk about, as if you needed me to tell you that, or tell you what was coming up on tonight's show. We can all pretty much guess that it's going to be another <coughs> therapy session, something we've been saying for years on the show. It doesn't seem to get away from that point, does it? Um, but Bored hopefully it it's therapeutic at the end of it. Myself and Gareth are joined by... Michael Loff, who is a regular now, obviously, and Rory Fallow isn't here yet, so we've started without him. The keen rule of keen that we're employing now mm-hmm. on the podcast, unless you're an important guest, yeah. they didn't be late. We started without yeah. Bali. We did, actually, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd respect that, though. Yeah, well, he did. We, you know, There's only did. so much we can he do. Did. We've got to finish yeah. this, and we've got things to do, He's been people to see. We're very, very important people. Michael's nodding, so he agrees. Great radio, this isn't it? Yeah, I just thought it, I would sit. If I you speak, I, it's I better. Thought, I thought I would yeah. sit and say nothing and wonder if anybody was going to say anything or do anything. Yeah. Uh, we normally come up with like uh, some sort of half-attempted joke or, or anecdote. Half-attempted. To, to, um, I like <laughs> to think it was well thought out and brilliantly executed. Mm, yeah. But you, you know, you open to debate that one. Isn't you've it? just we always try and do yeah. that for about five minutes to try and prevent us talking about. About the um, football, Michael's off now. Is that enough? Is that enough? Leaving yeah. the studio. Um, Rory's been locked out currently, so I've got. Oh, he's been locked right. out. He's, he's never been, been in out. to be out. <laughs> Has he? He's been locked out, banging on like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> we should start banging on, maybe about about the football and, that. and football and that. I'd rather not. I mean, it was another. Uh, I put in my um, echo column that I thought it was probably the most. Well, the worst performance of the season in some respects. Now I know some people might go, "Well, we had a good half hour." That was the best. We had a good half hour, right, but yeah. the the more I thought about it, the more annoyed I was about how. Like, the, I think the major criticism of Sunderland this season, amongst well, there's many many things you can level at them, but I would say the primary thing is that we're far too easy to play against, in in whatever respect that the opposition decides they're going to do to us. We can never handle it. And the worst thing about Saturday was that Ipswich beat us without even breaking sweat. They kept us at bay. They just sort of like kept us at arm's length. Scored with, hit the bar with the first shot, scored with the second shot, and then the third, then an own goal. So. It was a bit it, like watching us under Grayson again, wasn't it? Just about to say about, yeah. Where they were just beating us with ease. I think one thing was thing we've said quite a lot of the last few weeks on here is you can tell the first 10 minutes which Sunderland's going to turn up yeah it was the it wasn't like yeah, it, it was, wasn't yeah, like it was that just... on Saturday the first half an hour and was, it's down quite, moments, was quite good isn't it because let let's give them some sort of credit if Azoro puts that chance away which he should have done you know you feel happy and you feel comfortable or Shea had a header as well that from where I was sitting looked like it was, yeah, it, was... it looked like it was about to hit the back of the net it was a, I haven't seen it back on the telly. Half chance. So it, it depends. It depends. Well, it depends where you sit in the ground. To be fair, from behind, well, everybody around me went up when when because it looked like it was going in from where we were. In, in fairness, from behind the goal as well, it looked like it was looping in. Yeah. So, and and those are moments. And what happens is we've just mentioned that Ipswich have three chances, score two, or two chances and miss one and score one, which you know was an own goal. Sunderland can't do it, can they? They, they can't. They, 
they're having these the matching teams in a lot of games initially to start with until they go down and then they just fall as we all know but even when it's nil nil we keep saying this division's not good which makes it more frustrating but what's happening is we're matching these teams and we're getting chances and we're missing them and other teams are scoring it's that simple and I can't see what could be done to rectify it I think the frustration is where kind of gifting teams goals whether it be individual errors or collective errors I mean I think Homer said it's very rare that we score a goal where you think to yourself that, oh well the opposition have dropped a real clang of air it's through good play from ourselves and the Sorrow chance which we create was a good bit of football from Sunderland. It wasn't really a defensive error from Ipswich. And that's a frustration, I mean, because match teams all we like. But if we go into meltdown mode so many times in the season, we're going to get punished. And that's what's been happening since August, really. It's really frustrating. Well, we can talk about some of the new players. We want to touch upon the idea that uh, there should be some sort of protest as well a little bit later. We did forget Gareth to do the competition of the week, oh, to, give do Lee, next week anyway. <laughs> to give Lee how he's we'll do it next away. week we'll give it a little bundle we can always up. go to Twitter and get the best of those Jack Rodwell tweets no, that I love no. Supreme started we'll, but it's a bit we'll, lazy to do that isn't no, it we'll, we'll, that's the kind of response we want though that was the best of, thing I've seen on Twitter for the a while best thing you've seen coming from Sunderland fans or just to take you know the the misery away and forget about your troubles for a while we can bundle the tickets that we get to give away and for, for the uh, what's the next home game Barra? Is it or maybe, maybe we might not get any? I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe game. not because we didn't. The Peacock didn't give us any the weekend, did we? No, they didn't. They, didn't no. Give us ma- they normally give us match tickets, and they didn't. They give a prize of ten pints instead, which is probably a better prize. <laughs> That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peacock's not that cheap either. No. Yeah. Although right. they do have match. I think, day, I think the do have match- the Peacock are <laughs> yeah. incredibly and competitive. <laughs> they do have yeah. match day specials on actually that have went down very well. They have, haven't they? And we'll thank God Armstrong now. We might as well because it was a good turnout yeah, again yeah. and it's starting to work its way into people's match day routines mm-hmm. become one of those people who comes along before it the is. game and has a lovely old time mm-hmm. everyone seems to have a good time well, no it was good we had to put extra table out and stuff for the second uh, week in a row there was six people there we had to put another table out <laughs> <laughs> don't do it down alright okay. it's the best thing about something at the moment what we're doing it brilliant us <laughs> best thing we've done since the last thing <laughs> since we did. the last thing um, <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Coleman is pretty low down the list of <laughs> the lowdown on the list of what uh, guests we want no uh, <laughs> no pretty low down on the list of people who you could blame for Sunderland's predicament if he, if not at the very bottom of that list any criticism for his tactics the weekend I'll start straight away by saying I thought if you need to shoehorn Billy Jones into centre half just so you can play three at the back then you're not playing the right system in my opinion. I just don't get why anybody thinks that Billy Jones as centre-half could be a good idea. I mean, like what? I mean, for a start, he has no positive attributes to start with, but what positive attributes would you have for him to be a centre-half? I mean, once he gets turned, he's pretty pretty much knackered. His tackling's very average. And I mean, if you put him through the middle, he makes a mistake. It's going to get exposed far worse than it is out wide. So I just don't understand the rationale behind it even. The system as well, more than anything, because he had two sitting midfielders in Catamall and Robson, didn't he? So... That's not normal when you have three at the back, three centre-halves. You would normally maybe just have one sitting and, and two more attacking ones. And it just I, I did sense even when we were on top in the first half an hour, I felt like there was a waste, a player wasted at the back for us. I, I didn't think it was necessary <clears> to have three centre-halves. And if you can exchange one of those players for a more attacking players at home to Ipswich, that's what I would have been looking at. And that's the first time I think I would have possibly criticise Coleman's tactics I think since he's, he's been the here. The thing is you can see the, the logic in in elements of what he wanted to do. He mm. wanted to keep the shape the same um, and 
you know, probably try and nick the game. And I, and I think if Asoro takes that chance, I think the outcome of the game is different. I thought Ipswich almost didn't get in, didn't get started really. They just sparred and then they they got the goal and that was it. Because if if a team <laughs> takes a lead against Sunderland, then that's it. Then I mean, we don't come. We we might come back to get a point, but we we rarely. Rarely come back and win the game. So last time was against Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, well, last, I say this home well, is home. twice in six years. Is yeah. that why Sunderland are going down? In anyone's opinion, you it's can't. It's mental we we, we, isn't we it? mentioned this on the on Thursday's show when Lee Howie was in. We you you cannot stay up unless you correct that stat. And Col- Coleman can't do that overnight, can he? Like he can't he can't do that in the space of time that he's had already. Um, I think going back onto his tactics, I can understand, like you were saying, Gareth, why he wants to keep the same system, but we've got injury problems. and I understand why he wants, why he wants to keep the same, because he's probably quite wary of grace and chopping and change all the time. And he's, I'd be surprised if he hadn't listened to the players mentioning that, because you would presume that would have mm. been something to mention when he's first come in. But we do have injuries. We've got quite a thin squad. Things are going to have to to change now and again. We've seen Brown and, o- and O'Shea have decent games as a two before. You probably wouldn't have had that to make that many changes to what the starting eleven was. Obviously, Billy Jones comes out, but you could have even maybe pushed over Yedo a bit further up if you did want to keep him in and have, have it a bit more mm. tighter at the back. And then it means when you're playing without the ball, you can go, you know, either like Catamol's dropping in as a third centre half or, or Jones goes a little bit more central, but you've just got a bit more fluidity in your team. I think he was a little bit too. Rigid to stick mm. to what we've been been doing already. I think maybe if the if the midfield had been slightly different, if he'd had one sitting and two in front, that might have made a difference. Um, rather than ke- keeping a three at the back with Billy Jones in there is obviously questionable. Um, and <clears throat> you know, I think Billy Jones really has been when we talked about him last scene. It was like, well, you know. You'll be able to depend on him in the championship, and he's been our worst player. You could argue of the, all the players who've played regularly, mm-hmm. probably aside from James Vaughan, who's no longer at the club, and the goalkeepers. Yeah. I would say he's been the worst player this season. And in, in, in the weekend, he just was nowhere near the the game. He was miles off the pace. He's just running about, and and the goal we conceded was. I remember. Do you remember us, Ibrahimovic scoring one against us yeah, against, for yeah, Man United? Yeah. It was basically a championship version of that goal. It like it was like a lot slower with a lot worse players involved in it. But I don't know if Billy Jones was the was a defender who probably wasn't tight enough to Ibrahimovic in that goal. I, I can't <laughs> seem to remember, but it not, was a fact. He just got far too tight to him straight away. Not to sort of like make. Jones immune from criticism, but does anyone think Camp could have done it? Not for me. Oh, I don't think so. Just because just, just it didn't have a whole seemed, a whole lot yeah. of power on it, I think from, it seemed to take an ace to crawl in. Yeah, though, didn't yeah, it? That's yeah. my... I sat, I sat behind the goal. I sat behind that goal. I, no, I, it was well played. It didn't, it didn't have a lot of power on yeah. it, but you, he was it's a right full stretch early. You knew it was mm. going in as soon as he left his foot. And uh, quite, quite little Camp though, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> there was a there was a defender as well, kind of. Obviously, you had Billy Jones, and then there was a defender, sort of quite central around the penalty spot, so a bit deeper. And then it was like, well, the, by the time the ball's come past him, he yeah, probably hasn't got. Quite he's probably yeah, seen yeah. it quite yeah, late. I, yeah. I noticed it was his first game. And I don't want to be like overly critical of a new signing, but I just don't think he had any kind of presence whatsoever. Camp on mm. Saturday, but it was just, did he did he worry you though? Um, I, um, yes, kind of. Really? Yeah, I just looked at him. And I just thought. I'll be honest, just, that was one position I, I wasn't. 
particularly concerned about at the right. weekend. No, it's interesting. He didn't have no people. He didn't. He wasn't even putting any pressure. I mean, that's what I'm no, talking he about. He had. I guess you could argue he did all right to for the um, Waghorn chance, where he went through and he obviously got off his line, quickly. got off his yeah, line, yeah. And, and made him. He should put it wide, and you've got to put that down to the. They should have yeah, scored, but he, you know, him, made it yeah. difficult. He made it difficult for him to score, and, but you know that the fact that 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 happened anyway. Well, how can we never get people in behind like that, where people just run off in behind and they clean through on goal? What's happening? Like, I'm getting a bit fed up with Browning to be honest. And I know he's just a young lad, and he just gets to the stage where he think. What, 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 on, be- he? But what benefit? What benefit is it having him in the team every week? Someone like that. He's not our player. He's a young lad. Well, he's not going to. He's on the evidence we've seen. He's miles off Everton, miles off the Premier League. So, but we're desperate. Like who else? Who else you put in? Clark Lono, when he's yeah. fit is, is is the same sort of thing. Obviously, he might be a better player, but then you're looking at Mark Wilson. You're looking at Corner. Yeah, there's there's no other option. But reason, if in a back, you have to play him in a back four, I'd have Corner and O'Shea in every time at, at this stage. So I know people go, "Are you mad?" or whatever. But that's that's who I'd have in. You know, people haven't made their minds up about both of those players, but I would say they're still our two best centre backs. I wouldn't dispute that with O'Shea. I think O'Shea for the criticism he gets is in this team where we crumble so easily and people might want to say that's O'Shea's fault but I still think he's quite a positive influence to be honest to O'Shea I think it's remarkable that he's managed to play the amount of games yeah. he's had but yeah, you think he yeah, played all the games over, it's just testament to what he's like as a professional I think really but it's, very, it's, it, it's frustrating when you so many aspects of it I mean the, the midfield I thought I thought that Robson was poor. I thought I've seen it twice this week. I thought he was poor against Birmingham, and I thought he was probably he just wasn't involved no, on wasn't. Saturday, was like, he? You know, and it, it's it's all right. It's, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that he had a bad game, and is that is he the answer at the moment? The kind of like you can't you can't be hanging your hat on people like Robson to do it every week and Brown to do it every on? week, and well, <laughs> somebody needs to step up and. And take responsibility, and I don't think that should be put on him. It shouldn't be. Like, I, was, I was thinking this earlier today. Like, you don't hear anything about McNair anymore, no, do you? No. Like, even in the injury updates, like, no. apparently was seen in the footage, like training last week. But it's really weird when we like when obviously corners come back into the side, or you hear like updates about other players. Like McNair never seems say, to be well, injured. He said he's uh, got a injured, problem. He with always his, injured um, <laughs> with his with his stomach or something. They said groin and stomach. That's what he right. was saying. So it must be a muscle problem that he must be feeling. Maybe but it's, he's it's got, that maybe kind of presence got, we need. We need back in the side. I, I'm not saying that because he, he hasn't played a great <clears> deal of football since he came here, really, because of his injuries. But you just look at him physically, and even in the game against Middlesbrough in November, yeah. he was he was getting up and down the pitch quite well. He looked quite strong, which he's he, as well. Yeah, and even though he's, he's he is still relatively a young player, he's got. More experience mm. about him, you know. He's came through Man United. He's played first team games for Man United. You can probably rely on him a little bit more than you can someone like Ethan Robson, because oh, Ethan, Ethan Robson's only made three starts in his whole career, and that's yeah. been for a struggling Championship side. If you could have him, Catamore, and if only Gibson was still fit as well, yeah, then yeah. then there's players who you yeah. can maybe think, yeah, fair enough. Catamore's had a poor season, but we saw it against Hull. There was something there again. I thought, to be fair, he wasn't setting the world alight. You could see something with Azaria, I thought. He never yeah. hid. He was getting up and down the pitch well. He, he looked to make things happen, and hopefully in... My worry about him would be he looks like a kind of player who needs players around him on the wavelength. 
and now. But Fletcher kind time, of looked like that a little bit. In to time, be fair. I think his first ever game, yeah, in time at the highest hope, level he's yeah, ever played. In, yeah. in time, you'd hope that players would get on his wavelength, but you'd see he was almost getting a little bit frustrated yeah. where he was picking balls up and going like, "Well, I've got nothing yeah. here. I've got nothing." Second half. I, thought, half I think that's my yeah. biggest disappointment at the minute is the, the lack of responsibility that yeah. some of them are seeing yeah. your pros are taking. And I think another worry for me was how lacklustre we were in the second half. Yeah. You would you would think mm-hmm. I, I understand it's a massive body blow and you can't say right on half time. But you would have thought that second half, even like, you know, when we played Queen's Park Range a few years ago and Poirier had a pop after the game because the fans got behind the players because of the way they were playing second half. Even if we'd seen a similar performance to that, where at least it showed us something and really threw everything we had at Ipswich, but it was just, the game just petered out even before the second half really got underway and it was just really frustrating. Just You, you kind of sat there and obviously, like, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm the type of person like I don't leave before a game. I was just sat there like on 75 minutes looking around, thinking I don't blame a single person for leaving because yeah, because what's the point in staying? Because you just know nothing's going to change. It was a wa- it was it was a waste of time. Like the the game, the back end of the setting half. Totally you, agree. Yeah. So you're looking at it and going, I'll I'll sit and watch a game and go. You know how it can turn if you if you're two down and you get one back, and then all of a sudden there's you know a bit of a rally on, but. We rarely get one back, do we? Or it's too late. And I'm looking at the clock going, if we get one before 70 minutes, we've got a chance, but then it's 75, 76, yeah. 77, and the minutes tick away, and you're going, well, we're not going to get back into this. They haven't got the the thrust or the guile to, to make something happen. The, you know, and it was, it, it did feel as though Ipswich embarrassed us really by going, just, it was like a collective going, it's just a swat aside. It was. Yeah. Like and and they looked poor as well. They look like a lot of teams who've come this to us this season. They look looked a poor team. They had like little or nothing about them, and they just went, "Ah, oh, we'll just you know score a couple of goals." We even had the in. we even had the obligatory chant that Gareth loves from the Ipswich fans. How bad was me? We been been, all yeah, 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 yeah. How bad was we? You were winning the way. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know how many times have we heard but, that? But, but I mean, that's the, I mean, it was it was obviously like it was a slightly serious point I made there because it's just so so destroying here yeah. and. These teams that can't buy you when away from home coming in and just yeah. rolling us over. I mean, you had um, Freddie Sears as well this morning saying the same. Well, he's like a lovely place to play at the minute for away yeah. teams. Yeah. Basically, that's the he's thing. Not the first just, player to say that this season. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we're all just getting sick collectively as a fan base, just just sitting there, just like watching all these like teams just come and have like a lovely old time every week. It's just. What did you think of um, Coleman's comments after the game, saying that? You can understand why people feel like it won't. It's, it'll never turn, but he said, "I promise it will." I, I, I love a, it. I know I, I like he's, it, but it's a big to, to say. I'm going to do everything commitment. I can. So I'm going to do everything I can to to make sure we can turn it round. He's saying. Do you think? I promise. Well, Chris, Chris Coleman to, um, to promise he's going to turn it round. I mean, it's, when it's, it's he was a big a, call. That he was a player. He dropped to League One level, didn't he? And he went and played yeah, for he Kevin. Did. He went and played for Kevin Keegan yeah. at Fulham, and he was far too good for that division at the time. He was still Premier League quality then, and he went, for, I think, straight from Palace to Fulham. And Kevin Keegan used to comment on it and say, you know, he's he's the best defender in this division by a million miles. Um, he, he's the kind of person I want in my dressing room. So he, he comes out a lot and, and speaks about these players not wanting to be here. So there's something in his personality that leaves you hopeful, I think, and he, he's determined to see it through, even if, worst-case scenario, um, you know, we have to drop a division first or what that could mean financially or can't, what, 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 you we know. can't be talking about that it's not 
seriously because we've had no, but because what no, happened is everyone is, will start, start, start rationalising. <laughs> everyone promise. start rationalising. No, 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 That'd be no, a good no. idea to drop Definitely the league not. one. We Definitely might win not. a few games. One hundred percent not. And I didn't. I thought it was a disastrous idea to get relegated from the Premier League. It was a disastrous idea. It was David Moyes' idea. He's like in the book. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who's this? Who's this? Who's this idea? Who signed this? Lots of you had that idea. A risk assessment. Ben's like, I didn't agree to this. Nobody, nobody could have predicted yeah. the risk assessment BM's come up with <laughs> yeah. upon relegation. Yeah. Absolutely not. Definitely not. No, I'm not trying to say that. But your your point is, isn't it, that it's some statement mm. to make? He's not stupid, Gareth. You know, he knows there's a massive chance we're going to get relegated. It's between probably four teams. Do you think? I would say six. It's high, so maybe seven. Sheffield so, Wednesday. Yeah. Right. They really? might be the the team that gets. Sucked in. You got obviously Burton. We were Hull, looking at Sheffield Wednesday. Sunderland. Sheffield Wednesday rejects in the transfer window. That knew who he started at the weekend. Rhodes and Rhodes getting mentioned again. Rhodes wasn't even involved. He was supposed to go somewhere else, and it never happened because right. there was faffage. Apparently, um, I was reading, but uh, no. Um, yeah. So, so we B- got Burton, Sheffield Wednesday. Sunderland, Burton, Hull, Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, Bolton Barnsley, Barnsley, Reading. You'd probably say seven teams I think there. Will be okay. Yeah. Well, they, you say that, but they lost again the weekend, didn't they? Didn't they get beat to, off Birmingham or something? Was it Birmingham? They got beat. No, it was um, sorry. Chef Webb got beat off Birmingham. I'm sure Redden lost again at the weekend at home, two three nil. So Birmingham going to be well away, aren't they? Well, they, but they're on the same points as and Birmingham are in it as well. Yeah, I would but they're the bottom of the league a couple of games ago. Exactly. So I would say eight teams then, because that's how quickly you can change. So, how many points do you think you're going to need to steal? I'm going to, I'm going to stick to say 46 points, so a point a game. I would say probably we're going to we need are now? 25. 25. So, we need 21 points. I, w- I was thinking about this this morning and thinking the one way to approach it. How does a manager approach a situation like this? Play for a draw every game, lads. Gareth says that'll be enough to steal. No, 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 well, it won't be, I don't <laughs> think, at this stage. Um, that would only give us 41 points. Yeah, but uh, you've got to. I was thinking, how does he. How does he do it? You know, how does he look at it and go? Maybe a way to visualise the the goal, and maybe say we've got sixteen games left. Pick eight to win and eight to draw, and that'd give us fifty three points. I think I worked fifty two, fifty three points. It would give us to the end of the season. Um, so I would do that maybe, and then look at it. Now the the back the the drawback is if you lose straight away a couple of games and then just every week do like a, a plus and minus kind of going this is where we are so we said we'd draw it and win it we mark this game um, for these many points and then, then the like if you get you you forget about that but then you'd be on like minus however many points then but you could do it this idea of worse idea than the relegation one yeah but then do you know what I mean you could do that and then you'd say like well we're ahead here and then that would give you the confidence go well you know, this is where we are now. Yeah, but this is Sunderland where you're like, oh, we got that great result. Now we've got a bunch of no marks at home, and then yeah. you lose, and then you're back. back but to it just where gives you, you that. Again. I just feel as though they need the need. It's something some other days do, isn't it? You know, they need a level of focus on what what's hap- the game itself, and and how to maybe something to manage the game. Where that, like, I felt that's what I felt like Ipswich ma- out game managed us completely, and like we don't. It doesn't feel like we manage games properly when we're in. We're we don't ident- individuals don't in- identify threats in the game, so, so they aren't go- good enough. Then, well, 
is it a psychological problem? Is it a confidence problem? Or is it an ability problem? I don't I don't believe wholly it's an ability problem. I think it's a mental it's a mental issue. It is mental, all right. Hmm. Yeah, but it is. I, I I I will look at that and go. It's a mental problem because it's a, it's it happens too often for it not to be. And there must be a lot of extrinsic factors that create that mental problem because it's it's put on every manager. We've had people talk about players, it's the players, but we've had loads of different players. There's no rotten core or whatever. With, there's about two or three left from when this started going badly. Well, there's only two left from when this started going badly five years ago when it all began. And many players have come through here and they've been swallowed up by the same, you know, swallowed up in the same hole, so... Yeah, it, it it has to be a mental thing, um, and only winning consistently is gonna is gonna give people a confidence. And it, it's a it's a rock and a hard place thing. It'd be nice if someone did like chuck one in again for us or something mm. like that because that's that never I'm, happens. That's what I'm saying with the two chances we missed at nil nil. There is an element way of the other things. You know what? Like we are unlucky to an extent because I had one of those went in. I, you know, I think they would have they would have went on and won the game. But because the performance, teams, all, all they the well against Hull. So that's really the do. But other teams will have it happen to them eventually yeah. in some games, and we don't. That's what we're saying. Right. It's not happening at all, is it? <laughs> Nothing's happening. <laughs> but it hasn't happened. We haven't we haven't won a game this season. How many have won five or something? Five, yeah. And there's not been one of them where you come and got away with that one, is there? Well, I guess Hull might think they're a bit unlucky because they had that one off the line, mm. didn't they? And, oh, and we could have been, I think we could have been four and a little bit half-time against mm. Hull. Norwich was a bit narrow, I guess. At the end, we were hanging on a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah, at the end, we went go three and a little bit. Three and a little yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I just mean the balance of the game was... Imagine that. <laughs> Going three well, and a little. Yeah. Yeah. And that was bring back Grayson. Yeah, I mean, he knew what it, what it took, takes. <laughs> I don't think we did when we beat Fulham. We were kind of in control of that game as well. I don't think it was a yeah, Fulham was quite undeserved result or anything, yeah. was it? Yeah, so. yeah, we did. We did well in that game. We managed that game again. Talking about, did, I mean, did you watch the Bolton game? The beat Bristol City. Um, I didn't see. And it, Bristol no. City were far superior, weren't they? Yeah. Really. And Gary Johnson came out at the end and said we were rubbish, and they were still better than Bolton, and and Bolton won the game. And you just think, you know, Amiobi kind of just ran unchallenged and just sort of hit it. Flew in the bottom corner, and you just think we we can't win games like that ourselves. Well, we've got Bolton this month, haven't we? Twentieth, is it twentieth? Yeah, it's midweek game, isn't midweek, it? Midweek Tuesday night after the Middlesbrough game. So I mean, we've got all Bristol City, Middlesbrough, yeah, and Bolton. Tough games, haven't and we? Brentford as well. Brentford's in a week on Saturday. Yeah, Brentford. Brentford at home. So we've got to. We've got to find. We've got to find a way to. We've got to beat Brentford, really. We've got to beat Bolton. And we've got to get a point, I would say, from one of the Middlesbrough Bristol City games. Um, so I would, we need we've got to do this, we've got to do that. We've we said before to, the Birmingham game, we need to get we something have to from do, that game. We have to do it, though. They have to, they have to do it because at the end of those four games, if you know we've got two points from them or something like that, you, you know, you, I mean, we're, we're we're actually not in that. If you look at the table, it's not horrendous. Our goal difference isn't great, but we're not. We're, two we're, not cut safety, aren't we? we're not cut adrift. We're I only think... five points. We're only like eight points off fifteenth or something like that. You know, the one saving grace I think you identified Gareth the other night. But I think we've got like quite a lot like the top eight to play between now and the end of the season. <clears throat> but the only saving grace of that is it's not like the top eight in the Premier League where it's Man United, mm. Man City, Chelsea. We've seen in this division. I mean, when we play Bristol City at home, 
like we realistically we were terrible that day, but Bristol City weren't much better. No. And they've had a good season. You look at a lot of other teams who have had good seasons and we're not a million miles away. So if we can just, I know it's like all ifs and buts, but if we can just generate a little bit of momentum, it's not beyond the rounds of possibility that we can beat these teams. Well, we drew 0-0 with Wolves as well. Exactly. Who were running away with the league. It it shows that we can execute a game plan, but... They're so fragile that yeah, the problem is not, nothing, it's not everything behind. has to go it's to exactly, well exactly. throughout the whole it's game. It's going to go down, yeah. isn't it? That would be we, like earlier in the season we were talking about it would be brilliant if we could get a nil nil draw because it would be a clean sheet and something like that. But how great would it be now to draw 1 1 after going behind? Because it would show that the team have a bit of fight. Obviously, it would be better if we you know, came back and won 4 1. But if we could grind out a draw after going behind to show that not only have they got the ability, but they've got. The character to do we, that. I guess we did that against Birmingham, though we went behind the game and drew one all, didn't we? But then it, there's frustrations from that when they get the man sent off and we can't. Mm. And, and you know they probably had as much case to say they could have won we, the we game. We need a window away from home, Rory probably. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, at home, you think you need to go the full tilt and, and come from a goal down to win a game almost. But it's just the sense, you know, the the mood around the stadium again. Should we talk about all that? Should we do a little thing yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and talk about talk about that? Because it's quite interesting. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, we'll use that to follow on and talk about what's sort of come um, to the forefront again when people are talking about is there anything Sunderland fans can do to display how they're feeling, I guess. Um, we don't We don't have any uh, interaction on Twitter that I'm missing, Gareth, do we? No. We bother I mean, asking we anybody we anything this no, week? We no, didn't. we didn't. We um, didn't even ask to debate this, so we're just going to no, have to do it ourselves. Well, I think... You know, you have a vast array of views um, on how things, what people should be doing and what people shouldn't be doing, how people should do it, how they should express themselves, whatever. Um, so, you know, I guess it's down to the individual <laughs> to decide what how they would do with it. I mean, I was thinking about it earlier. I mean, my view would be um, I do feel as though it's getting to the stage now where something needs to happen um, and I think I just don't believe that it might make us all feel better if everyone just went and had a big moan together in some some capacity in the stadium, outside the stadium at the person everyone's annoyed at the, the chairman yeah. who but what, there's no value to it because he wants to sell the club um, so you know it's, it's just 
you know, shouting into the abyss, really, because he wants to sell the club. And, and really, we've seen how Ellis Short can maybe sometimes get a little bit. You can't spiky. do any more wrong. You can't. You can't try and hide yeah. us any more than he says. Well, one one thing he could do wrong, which is essentially that that approach is only going to force. It's I. We are forcing you to get out. So the only thing that's going to happen there is to take an offer that might be good for him to get out, but that's not necessarily a good offer for the club. Now, say what you want about Ellis Short, I, I believe that the bids that were on the table in the summer, he would have taken one if he thought it was right for everybody, and obviously that wasn't the case. I, I would, I, I believe that, I truly believe that, and I think if the he might just say, you know what, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be abused, which and he gets he'll get abuse and, and people might go, Well he deserves it, that's great. But it, he might just go, you know what, sod it then, I'll sell it to the, the German consortium who maybe didn't have any money either and then we're in the same situation anyway. So just because it's a different person or a different consortium or or a different level of ownership does not mean that the, everything's gonna change. It's gotta be the right kind of owner. Any consortium failing to meet and asking price has got to worry you. Yeah. It's a little bit like the what's happening up the road with Newcastle and, and how, you know, fuming they are because that deal didn't go through. And you just think, well, if it's if it was a consortium that were going to turn you into Man City, you know, or dramatically change your fortunes, they would have met the asking price. Because, it, you, you know, it's relatively, relatively speaking, it's coppers, isn't it, yeah. for them, if, you know, if they have all this money to throw around. So on a, a much lower scale than that to Sunderland, then, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of do worry about the kind of people who were putting offers in for us something you've just said gareth uh, something needs to happen does everyone agree with that it's at a point now where you you yeah, do oh, you definitely. can you can understand people's frustrations because it feels like we're sitting there watching us die slowly and 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 what what i would love nothing more than to say let's show the world by just stand up and chanting all game now, the dynamics of the stadium we've discussed lots of times. It's just not a realistic option when you have 20,000 people in a ground that holds 48,000 people. I'm not going to bang on about the logistics of where people sit in that again, I promise. But that's where we are. So that's not realistically going to happen. So is it a possibility to arrange something where you try and make that happen? I don't about know. How would that work? I don't what think would, it's what about... What would you suggest? I'd, my opinion, again, is it's not about the actual action itself it's about the intention and what Sunderland fans if they wanted to do it would have to Sometimes collectively people just want to let the world know no, how they feel you're I think. right you're right but at the same time if you want to if you want to make if you want to try and influence it properly it's going to have to be organised and it's going to have to be a case of this is what we want my my suggestion that we were discussing this I'm not sure people off. want to influence anything I think they just want to get well, something off their chest but then what value does that have just to, getting something just, off just, your chest then you feel people, better and then we get humped every week and we get relegated like, you know, but what you could do is if you said there if you had something before the game where they could protest in the, you know you, you could you could name players and, and, and former directors of football who've all contributed and just let them all know that you know you're not happy with what they have done to our club or something. Get off your chest. But as long as that then turns into positive energy to, inside the ground thing. to try and get your team a result, and you're not booing everything that happens, it needs to be the the exact opposite of that when you're playing, especially for some of these young players. If you want to get something off your chest, though, I think everyone's got a Twitter account you can use that for it's now. But if you, if you want if you want to protest, that protest has, does have to be meaningful. It does yeah. have to be organised and. 
it's hard to approach something like this positively when you feel so crap about watching the club every week when you when people are spending money traveling I know it's cliche but you know the length and breadth of the country going following us home and away and spending money on season tickets etc it's hard to channel that into something positive because like you say Stephen you're, you're right everyone just wants to let the want let someone know how they feel and everyone wants attention brought to that but if you want to it's almost like have a good old cry sometimes and letting everything out yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but the only not that I ever do we need we need to feel like if you want to feel like you're doing something to help to help this situation it's gonna have to be something positive I don't necessarily, and I'm sure none of us really have the answer to what that could be. No, but I'd, it love does, to, I'd love to hear people. Well, my, but, I, but, it does have, but it does have to be properly organised, and it does have to paint the club in a positive light. And, that's and, what, and that's, this is what the club could be, and this I'm, is how we could, exactly. I'm not it sure. could be great again. <laughs> I'm also not sure how we go about it, but I think one thing which we do need to kind of change in the short term, I think it's the awareness of the problems that we're all kind of going through with supporters, like kind of in the like local and national yeah. media. Because I think there's still a perception that even though we only won one home game in the whole of 2017, etc., etc., it's we're almost like a bit of a figure of fun as a football club. So people, we still get the jibes about like you know the empty seats and people leaving early, and it's just kind of like a national perception that we are just some, some kind of joke figure, and it's just kind of and with the kind of acceptance of what's going on, that can kind of just keep spreading and spreading and spreading. I think <clears> it's. I think it's quite dangerous because could you imagine if this was happening to say like Newcastle or like one of uh, yeah, a yeah. club like that? It's just well, we, it's just we've depressing. seen what the res- response to to what they did is, but you know, my my view would be like it's not about an entitlement and it's not about being we deserve this and we deserve that and you know, it, it, for me, it's more about you know, I think what the one thing that every Sunderland fan carries with them is a pride. Oh, you know yeah. the pride, and that's what I think. That would be the, you know, if we can harness that, and almost you know the the, the fans and and the match day experience, and you know what what it's all about. It's the football. It's a heartbeat. And if we could somehow just harness that positivity around that, and it's almost like it becomes a promotional video for anybody who wants to buy the club. You know, that's the way I'd be thinking about it. It's basically saying we know we all know he wants to sell, so. Shouting at him and telling him to get out. Well, he's like, well, I'm trying to get out, but there's obviously a reason why he can't sell it. Is it because the people who are coming in haven't got the the you funds? You can still protest him about what he's what he's put in, what he's give, or what he hasn't give Chris Coleman. Well, and stuff like that. that. That's a that's a whole separate thing. And I, some people would say, well, he's given plenty of money to people in the past, and it's got somewhere it's got to stop. But that's a I think that's a separate thing entirely personally. Um, the the point is, what do you want to achieve? You want a you want a new ownership, but what do you what you want an owner who you know has can afford to run the club properly, and you want somebody who's not a fly by night, you know, Raji who's going to come in and make things worse in five years time. You want somebody who's invested in in what the club's about and the, the values of the football club, and that's what we all want. Now, it's not even about being successful; it's about competing. And I think the the sad thing is, is that why doesn't anybody see the potential in what what is there? Now, every, every I'm sure every football club has fans that will say, "Well, yeah. we are a great club." What's the difference? You know, the the practicalities are: Sunderland have got a 
a great there's a great catchment for the fan base. All the infrastructure, all the, as the cliche goes, the infrastructure's there. All it needs is somebody to get all of it. We've got the manager. I believe. I be- truly believe we've got the right manager now to to carry division of Sunderland forward in the in the immediate future. And it feels as though it's, it's just a shame that we haven't got like we had with Keane. I would say, even though he lost his way a little bit towards the end, but he was very inexperienced compared to Coleman, who's got a lot of experience. So we just need the right person. Let's re- let's not you know forget that. Ellis Sharp knew nothing about Sunderland Football Club and Niall Quinn sold him the club. Like, I don't mean actually sold him the club. He sold him on the idea. What we need is somebody, somebody who's an evangelist for the football club who can go and say to people, someone like Kevin Ball, who can go and say to people, investors, you know, this is what you get. And then if we can somehow help with that, if we knew that was going on in the background and we could... Instead of saying we're not going to go to the game this weekend, we said we're all going to go to the game this weekend. I know it's a bit pie in the sky and idealistic, but you'd argue that any protest, any form of protest or any form of demonstration is in its, you know, in its genesis, it's idealistic. Yeah. But I, right, it's so ideally, like you've just said, pie in the sky or whatever. We would want to just see great atmosphere every game well no I think and, and I think within that you, you know you, there's no reason you couldn't have banners it's not going to happen organically say, it's not going to happen organically that's gone too far now hasn't it, it no it has to I'm saying it, it won't happen organically yeah. what I'm saying it has to be a concert everywhere we're so going in, this, in, we, you know we're Sunderland you, you, feel, come, you, do, you know you do feel like we're for sale do you not feel like some sort of gathering before where people can just get stuff off the chest might help that to like, to like lead on to that into the game you'll galvanise people yeah that's, uh... because otherwise you just it's the same all right. Otherwise, I could just see what's happening. Right, it's in the press all week. Right, we're playing um, Brentford this Saturday because I know that game's on the horizon. We're playing Brentford this Saturday. What we need to do is what to make the atmosphere better. What what gets said and what happens? Oh well, yeah, what actually happens. What? Do you, well, I think you, you know what you're talking you, about. I know. It's not, I'm not asking you to come up with anything. But what I'm, I'm saying, saying, can you can you think of anything that fans who actually go to the games would would do differently? I think you. If it felt as though that maybe there'd be greater coverage, Could it be greater, greater coverage would given, it, would the reach but be I think, off? but that's you know, you've got I think there's certain people, you know, we, we, you know, we've all got connections and we could speak to people who've yeah, got a greater happily, reach. Happily, happily, if somebody's got things, and if there's some, and if there's something that we can, if, if there's something that we can, if we can all do and get together and make it happen, then we've all, you know, I'm sure like a lot of the guys like ourselves and people at other fanzines and so I know people will often tweet us and ask us questions and say why can't you do something about it well we've all got lives and families and kids and stuff like that and jobs it's like a, well we can give people know, a platform that's we what can, we, we, we can do that's not to say we're just going to there's a platform we're not going to get involved if we believed in it we'd yeah. get involved and it's about coming together and we've, we've got the, we've all got people we could speak to and say you know any chance you could pop this in give this some publicity and I'm sure I'm just skeptical of what you're saying as the all sing and dance and nothing but positivity thing what, what well, is I'm realistic not, to happen that's I'm all not saying, I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's, it would be like an all sing and all dance and like come by our session for the for 45,000 people um, but you know you can, have a ba- you can have a banner in it and just say you know Ellis Shaw get out or whatever you know what is that? That's not going to do anything, is it? Everyone just sees a picture of short out and they go, oh, "Well, 
Sunderland fans want short out. Well, everyone knows that he wants to go. You know what? How? You know, I haven't got the answer now. Could it be as simplistic as like a gathering before the game in a, in the ticket office car park or something? And people are just getting together to chant whatever or or do something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something that would need to happen. I think something has to happen. To carry, I think something needs carry to happen. over the mood into the stadium to be a positive yeah. one. I think something that would have to happen in the ground as well for me personally during the game. Yeah, if it's going to get that level of coverage yeah. as well, it has to be during a game. But I think what Stephen's saying there was a little bit of a domino effect of everyone kind of gathers before yeah, yeah. the game and gets stuff off the chest and that like galvanises you yeah. and you go on the ground yeah. and you and like the and apathy then, kind of goes yeah. away from and you. And then a cut and a tackle goes in and, and suddenly it can, yeah. it can easily yeah. spread round. I mean, you know what's like, happening in the minute? People turn up and sitting on the hands, myself included, because it's just got past to point where this can grow organically, you feel. I mean, you know what it's like, even at a match, I mean, maybe not so much at the minute because of the level of apathy, but you can be at a match where you're getting outplayed, you're getting absolutely tortured, and all of a sudden somebody puts a tackle in and then the whole crowd like, come on then, and then like, or even a really bad bit of play will happen where they nearly score and everybody like starts like, there's like a kind of outwash of anger initially, but then people turn that into a more positive thing. I think that could happen with the external stuff that Stevens talked about and carry that kind of level yeah. of like passion yeah. except into yeah. the ground and then we go 1-0 down after 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> that, that's you know that's not leaving yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> something, <laughs> something you could see people getting into I think and then inevitably inevitably you're going to have some people getting stuff off their chest in relation to the owner uh, it's their, their right to do that as well but I just think that that's the only sort of idea I could think of. But look, if anyone, do you know what? If the owner decided that he wasn't going to allow it to happen, then in a way that might be a good thing because it'll, it'll just. You can't stop it happening if you just say we're going to plant ourselves here. What, what, what can they do? But I'm just saying if there's a level of resistance from yeah. them to it happening, you, that unites people. It first, does. Yeah. It'll yeah. be like yeah. it will be that siege uh, mentality that would would take over and it would make the it would make the uh, the, the demonstration protest whatever you call it a bit. It would justify it. Right, well, if anyone has any ideas and want to DM us or anything like that, Slide or just in. get in touch with us, and we are on board with the idea and we think it's got potential or whatever, we're happy to give you a platform. We will be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.